passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome back to episode number 35 of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast presented by the Believe Network. I'm your host, Tony Liebert, and you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert and Instagram at Tony underscore Liebert. That's T-O-N-Y-L-I-E-B-E-R-T. For today's episode, we have a jam-packed show. We'll be previewing the Gophers spring game this Saturday at 1 p.m. We'll be previewing the uh, Minnesota players expected to hear their name called in the NFL draft and <clears throat> excuse me, and reacting to 2023 commitment cornerback Zaquan Bryan and late portal addition from uh, Houston Baptist defensive tackle transfer Kyler Baugh. Before we get into the big week ahead, I thought we'd talk about um, the latest news for the Gophers, starting with Savannah, Georgia, uh, 2023 cornerback Zaquan Bryan committing to Minnesota um, late last week or early last week. Um, he is the number 46 player in the state of Georgia, five foot eleven cornerback. He held um, top offers from North Carolina, Coastal Carolina, and Army. Um, it kind of moved uh, fairly quickly. He unofficially visited the Gophers on April 9th. Um, he picked up a big offer from North Carolina on April 14th, but committed to the Gophers one day later on the 15th. Um, in Georgia, he played at wide receiver and cornerback Um as a junior uh, last year for his high school team, he had 95 catches for 1,376 yards and 17 touchdowns. So he was a very, very good wide receiver. But the Gophers see him more as a cornerback uh, when he uh, comes to Dinkytown. And last year he had uh, 57 tackles, seven pass breakups, and two interceptions at the cornerback spot. Um. And his team won the 4A state title last season. Uh, overall, I think he is a very, very good athlete, which is obviously very important for the cornerback position. And that recently has been something 
that the Gophers have coveted the last few years. And I, they've done a very good job recruiting cornerback talent, in my eyes, uh, in the past two seasons, starting with Justin Wally, uh, Stephen Ortiz, and then in the latest class, uh, guys like Tariq Watson, Aiden Goosby, and uh, Ryland Kelly, who I all think are very talented players, and Zaquan Bryan's next in line of that. Uh, sometimes when... Uh, I, I I have a theory that the whenever you watch the NFL draft, people are like, "What? Oh, say this linebacker played quarterback in high school. This wide receiver played quarterback in high school." And and my theory is that you just have to recruit football players, not necessarily like, "Ooh, I think this dude is a natural cornerback. He's gonna fit into our." You have to know a guy, or have to recruit a guy that plays football, that he knows what to do on a football field. And if he has the athleticism and the potential of like a guy like Zaquan Bryan, then I think it's going to transition to a uh, Big Ten football field with the Gophers. Um, he is now the fourth player to commit to Minnesota for the 2023 class. He joins a pair of Minnesota offense linemen, Reese Tripp and Jerome Williams, um, running back Darius Taylor, and now Zaquan Bryan. Um, with those four commitments, the Gophers currently rank as the number 32 recruiting class in the country on 24-7 sports. Uh, and I, I think it's a really, really solid foundation to the start of the class. Obviously, they're far from done. Uh, usually, you have anywhere from 15 to 20 guys for any given class. And I expect it only to heat up in the next few weeks. Um, but Brian's a, a, a good add. And the type of player that uh, he's the type of player, he's not going to be at the top of your recruiting rankings. But if you get uh, five guys like him from three to eight, you're going to have a really good recruiting class. So the last big news the last few weeks was uh, Houston Baptist defensive tackle transfer Kyler Bach committed to the Gophers on Friday the 22nd. Um, he was another guy, kind of moved quick. Uh, he entered the transfer portal Monday of that week and committed to the Gophers Friday. Um, six foot three, three hundred pound defensive tackle, who recorded one hundred and four tackles, eleven for loss, five sacks over his three years at Houston Baptist. He recorded fifty two tackles, three and a half sacks, and four and a half tackles for loss last season. Um, so he's a very productive player for Houston Baptist. Um, he chose the Gophers over offers from Utah State, Western Kentucky, and SMU. And his eligibility, he'll have three years to play two, which means he's allowed to redshirt one year, and then he has two years of eligibility left. So really he has two years of eligibility left at the end of the day. Um, I, I think... The player that the Gophers are getting is an athletic, quick feet skill set that that I think will not have problems transitioning to the Big Ten. A lot of people have different opinions about getting low school transfers, but the Gophers have had pretty good success recently with Jack Gibbons last season. And I, there's no reason why Baugh cannot be a rotational piece in the Gophers' interior on the defensive line. 
Uh, Houston Baptist competes in the Southland Conference, I believe, in the FCS. Uh, that's with teams like Sam Houston State. And he was a very productive player. It's definitely, there's no arguing that it's a drastic uh, talent difference between the Southland Conference and the FCS to the Big Ten and the FBS. But I think Ba has the talent, the athleticism, and the size to make a smooth transition joining the Gophers coaching staff. And hopefully he can have uh, – it's it's interesting him joining so late in the process because usually guys don't enter the transfer portal this late, and I'll touch on Bucky Irvin in a minute. But uh, he, does, he doesn't – he's – going to uh, not have the entire spring to work with the Gophers staff. The spring season's just about to wrap up with the game this weekend. I would assume that he's not going to play in it. Uh, you never know, but uh, it, it's it's weird him joining so late, but uh, with a full fall camp, I think he should have zero issue contributing on this team. Um, they obviously, after losing Harvard transfer Chris Smith, Flipping from the Gophers to Notre Dame, I think uh, Minnesota and Coach Fleck wanted to go and get another veteran guy. They felt like they had a gap at that position, and I think Ba was a solid addition. Um, looking at the depth chart now for the year, um, I think the really the only um, set in stone player is Trill Carter, I think is the number one defensive tackle on the Gophers. And then I think uh, Darnell Jeffries, the Clemson transfer, probably has a leg up to be the number two guy. But uh, Logan Richter, I think, can have a very big uh, part on this team very quickly. He showed flashes at the end of last year. And then I think Kyler Boss right in the discussion right there. I think all three of those guys could be the number two guy early in the season. But I also would not count out Devin Eastern Gage Keys, um, who have looked very good in spring practice for the Gophers. And I would definitely not be shocked if they quickly worked their way up the depth chart. And even Luther McCoy and Jacob Schuster, two more redshirt freshmen that have shown flashes on this team and are, and are more than capable of having a role next year. So with four, not veteran guys, but four of the, only, of the most veteran guys at the position with Carter, Richter, Baugh, and Jeffries. That's kind of the up half. And then the second half is Eastern, Keys, McCoy, and Schuster. And I'm very interested to see how the whole group plays out because all eight of those guys, I think, could have a role this season. And now we're a few weeks removed from uh, Bucky Irving and Douglas Emelian entering the transfer portal, but I was not able to talk about it on my last on the last episode, so I thought I'd touch here. Um, obviously, it was a shock to everyone that Bucky entered the transfer portal, and uh, everyone has their opinions on the transfer portal and guys entering late, like in a, a situation like Irving did. But this is college sports. There is no arguing it is drastically different than it changes the entire sport. But personally, I believe it changes it for a good way. I think everyone should, I don't see why players shouldn't be able to do this. Um, it's a huge change. And for someone who grew up watching it the other way, 
and I grew up more in the modern way with one and done in basketball and a lot more movement. But for someone who grew up watching in the 80s or 90s, I can see why um, you're annoyed by this and you're like, I, I can't root for guys on the team. But this is the sport now. There's going to be a lot of movement. There's going to continue to be a lot of movement. I don't think Irving entering the transfer portal is a big indictment on the Gophers or P.J. Fleck by any means. But I just think this is the sport. He didn't like Minnesota and he wanted to go to a different school. Just how any college student is able to do that. It shouldn't be different if you play football or not. Um, but uh, Douglas Emelian probably, he was just likely going to get lost in the depth chart, and that one made sense. He probably went through a few spring practices, and he's like, he, he kind of saw the writing on the wall. But as for Irving, I don't, I'm not sure what his motive was. Um, he probably saw maybe that Trey Potts was looking good and uh, Mo Ibrahim was looking good. And um, you never know. Maybe they came out with a depth chart early in the spring and he was third on the list. And he's like, but what do I have to do? And maybe that was his thought process. And I, I personally don't knock a guy for leaving after that situation. He has every right to. Biggest takeaway from it uh True freshman Zach Evans is going to have an opportunity to, I think, have a role on this team very early in his career. And he's, as we get into the spring game preview, he's one of the guys that I will be watching and I think everyone should be watching. I think he has the most to uh, to gain in uh, this week's game. And uh, at the end of the day, I don't think it's a drastic impact right away with the Gophers running back room. Because it seems like they'll have Trey Potts back next year. You never want to speak too soon uh, in this world of the portal and the NFL draft. But if they have a a group of Trey Potts, Zach Evans, and now Darius Taylor, incoming freshman next year, uh, throwing a transfer maybe, throwing another freshman, I'm not too worried based on how uh, running back coach Kenny Burns has developed this room. Uh, Irving is a huge loss. He was a terrific player, but I think they're going to be able to correct um, their issue that they now have. So away from um, the news and now on to the previews. Um, This Saturday, the Gophers annual spring game will kick off at 1 p.m. Central Time on the Big Ten Network. If you're not able to attend, highly would recommend attending. Spring game is always very fun. I will not be in, in attendance, but I'll be watching on TV. And what I will be watching to see, from my point of view, will first off be uh, Kirk Soraka's play calling. He's obviously first year back um, calling the plays for the Gophers. And I'm, I would assume he's calling the plays on uh, the maroon team and matt simon's calling it on the uh gold team but i'm not 100 percent sure i would just kind of assume that's what's going to happen and the spring game is always interesting it's not going to show too much uh like they're not going to unload the playbook and be show every single uh concept uh but it's going to be interesting to see how shiraka decides to use the passing game how comfortable he looks on the sideline, the small things. It, it it gets you excited for the season, and he's definitely going to be a guy that I'm 
I'm watching on Saturday, see how he handles everything, and uh, see see what what he's looking like, to be honest. Back on the sidelines calling plays after two years away from the Gophers and uh, one whole year away from just simply calling plays. Uh, next will obviously be Tanner Morgan. A lot of people are going to have their eyes on Tanner Morgan all season. Um, he's going to be the talk of the team. Um, it, plan simple. He was the talk of the off season. He's going to be the talk of the preseason. He's going to be the talk of the of the season. Um, he had a very disappointing year last year, and I think he would be the first to admit that. Chirac is now coming back, and I think the passing game is going to look a lot different. And I think it'll be interesting to see how confident he looks in the spring game. Um, it's got to be his fifth or sixth spring game now. But uh, And the Gophers are returning all their major pass catchers. So it, it'll be... It'll be interesting to see what it looks like on Saturday and what it looks like going forward. Um, my One of my biggest takeaways from these spring practices is how talented uh, retro freshman Athen Kaliak-Manis has looked in practice and how talented his arm is and how remarkable some of the throws he can make and how easy he makes them look. Not saying that Tanner can't do any of that, but to put it, I'm not saying that Cali McManus should necessarily even start. But anyone who understands the sport of football and understands the position of quarterback, if you watch in practice, Cali McManus makes the throws look a lot easier than Morgan. It's a lot different doing it in practice against your own defense, uh, doing it in drills compared to full speed. The quarterback position is so much more mental than physical, in my opinion. Uh, for as much as people like guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, the reason they're so good is because they're, uh, they they have the mental part down. But so that's why I Morgan will start to start the year, and he will start for most of the year unless things go horribly. Um, but Kaliak Manis has just looked terrific in practice, and I'm curious to see how he will look at the game. Uh, next thing that I will watch is Mo Ibrahim in the running back room. I would assume that Mo will not play much. He's still uh, practicing Ramadan, um, and anyone uh, don't want to talk about uh, religion that much, but he obviously, I believe, will be fasting until sundown, and early in the day, the sun is still up, so I would assume that he's not going to play too much. He might play a little. I have no idea. But behind him, uh, Trey Potts coming back from injury, uh, Bryce Williams, and I think the no behind Tanner Morgan, the number one guy, and Cali McManus, the number one guy that I'm interested in watching is true freshman Zach Evans, probably and Trey Potts. Those are those are my top four because uh, Potts had such a serious injury and how he plays at full speed and full contact. If he plays... I expect he will. Um, and then how Zach Evans, uh, true freshman, 18-year-old, how he handles a big role and the possibility of a big role this year. Um, I think it, it'll be interesting to see the how those three uh, play as if Ibrahim 
is not going to be out there because I don't think he'll play too much. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, and then uh, the offensive line, one of the biggest uh, changing positions for the Gophers this offseason. Uh, four starters are gone. John Michael Schmitz does return. Um, but one interesting thing is there has not been Quinn Carroll has not been in attendance all spring. He is still at Notre Dame, so he will not be playing in the game. Um, But Chuck Filiaga, the Michigan transfer guard, has looked good. JMS, obviously, is one of the best offensive linemen in the Big Ten, if not the country. Axel Rushmeyer uh, has looked solid. And Ariante Ursay, I think, could be in line for a really big year and possibly hearing his name called in next spring's the 2023 NFL draft. But overall, and then the right tackle spot has kind of been either Martez Lewis or J.J. Cadet, but Cadet hasn't been practicing, so I'm curious to see how that looks in the spring game. Um, but overall, the group as a whole has looked pretty talented. Uh, I've been most impressed with Ursay, uh, Filiaga, and uh, JMS, and I'm curious how they look. And together at the spring game and how, kind of how that rotation and lineups look. Um, I think it's pretty clear that those will be the five. It, I, it'll, I think eventually it'll be Carroll, Filiaga, uh, JMS, Rushmeyer, and Ursay. Uh, Lewis and Gadet have been the guys who filled in for Carroll in the spring, but I'm curious how that looks in the game. Um, and then for us, the defensive side of the ball, uh, I'll be very interested in the interior probably the most as a position group on the defense. Um, I would assume Kyler Baugh, the new Houston Baptist transfer, will not be playing. Um, But Trill Carter and Darnell Jeffries, those two, most two experienced guys up front. Uh, Devin Eastern, Logan Richter, Gage Keys, Luther McCoy, Jacob Schuster. I'm very curious who stands out in that game. I think it I think this can be one position group that has the most to gain and the most to lose for a player. If he performs pretty well, I that's a big statement to earn more playing time um, heading into the fall, I guess, because you're, the season's still 120 days away. But uh, you can really shoot yourself on the top of the depth chart and get more opportunities in practice with the first team, and it gives you a leg up in the fall. When you're working to get get the, those more reps heading into the games, so I I think this will be a big uh big day for those guys at that position, and I'm very interested to see who stands out. Um, the pass rushers, I think this one's very clear who the top three guys are. I, it's Thomas Rush, Ja Joiner, and Vanderbilt transfer Lorenzo Sergers. I think has looked pretty good in uh spring practice. And I, I think those are uh, one, two, three pretty clearly. Um, and then th- the young guys, Austin Booker, Jalen Logan Redding, and Danny Strigow, I think those three are the guys who had the most gain- to gain and lose at the spring game, kind of competing for that fourth spot. Uh, and I, that's kind of like they obviously could go five or six into a rotation, but usually it's like four, maybe five guys are getting reps in a game. I think Booker right now has the leg up, but I think Logan Redding and Strigow have a chance to compete for reps. And so those three guys, whoever stand out for there, is going to have a leg up on the competition heading into the fall. Um, as for the linebacker position, uh, 
Mariano Sarimaran, leader of this defense, obviously has the number one spot locked up. Um, but as for behind him, it's another interesting battle with Cody Lindenberg coming off injury, Braylon Oliver and Donald Willis kind of battling for those that number two spot and number three spot in unique packages. Um, so I, that's another position group that has a lot to gain and lose in the spring game. I don't know how much coaches take away from the spring game at the end of the day, um, but from a fan's point of view, it'll be interesting to see who stands out at a position group like that, like the fourth defensive end spot, like the interior, and it, it'll those three um, all could have a role, I think, next season, um, and it'll be interesting who stands out. As for the last position group on defense, the defensive backs will start with corner. Um, another group, I think, uh, Justin Wally, Ryan Stapp, pretty clear, going to be one and two on the outside. Wally has looked like a big-time player at practice. He looks like he knows he's good. He looks like he knows he's confident, and that's what you want to see from a cornerback. Cornerback is a lot of a mental game, and the best corners in the NFL and a big-time college, they're very mentally tough people, and they know how to get into people's heads. They know that they're really good, and I think you need that at the cornerback position, and Wally has shown that throughout spring practice. Um, I think Stapp has looked all the part of a Big Ten corner, and I think he's pretty clear number two guy. And then Western Kentucky transfer Beanie Bishop, I think, is the slot and the number three. I think he can play on the outside, but I think he's going to have a lot of slot work for the Gophers, but I think those are the top three guys. And then uh, Jalen Glaze and Solomon Brown, I think, are competing for that fourth spot uh, to be included in uh, – that would be dime packages maybe and uh, maybe get into the rotation and earn, earn a role on this team. Um, and then the young guys, Stephen Ortiz Jr., Tariq Watson, it'll be interesting to see how they play. Um, I think Ortiz is still a year away from having a serious role on this team. He was obviously even a higher recruit than Wally, um, but he's looked a lot better this year than he has last year. I can see improvement, but... I still think he's a year away or at least half the year away. Um, maybe we could see at the end of the year him getting some run. But if he steps up in the spring game and has a big fall, you never know. But as of now, that's what I would think. And then as for the safeties, might be the uh, clearest overall position group on the team. Uh, four guys all returning from last year. Tyler Newbin and Jordan Howden, the top two. Terrell Smith, very versatile guy. He can play cornering and play safety. And Michael Dixon, I think all four of those guys could have a role on this team this year. And I think they're all very, four very solid players, and it'll be interesting to see how that looks in the spring game. So um, now those were kind of what I will, will be watching on Saturday. My overall thoughts on the spring game. It's a great time to see the Gophers go full speed. It's a great time for them to go, go full speed. They might have had a few private scrimmages. I'm not obviously sure because those were private. Um, but it's great for the team, and I think it's great for the fans to just get excited, see these guys in full pads, going full speed at you at Huntington Bank Stadium, and get excited for the season. Um it's good for new coaches like Kirk Shiraka, Brick Haley on the defensive line, Danny Collins for the safeties. Know how uh, game day works. It's just it's a 
test test run before the fall, and it's just a great start. Warm weather, great event. Get get ready for the season. Get excited for football. You can see. You can see football on the horizon, and it's an exciting time for Gophers football fans. Uh, interesting uh, thing that will be happening, uh, tight end slash QB walk-on Samuel Pickering is going to be performing a musical show at halftime. He is an artist on Spotify, a very talented artist, Minnehaha Academy graduate. Uh, check him out on Spotify or Apple Music. Uh, he, is, he is a very good music and I think it'll be cool to see him perform at halftime. Um, I but a uh, few closing thoughts. Overall, the spring game uh, it gives opportunity for guys to like break out and show that they belong on a Big Ten field. Like Justin Wally last year proved that. Like everyone saw him at the spring game, at least I did, and I'm like, that guy's gonna have a big role on this team as a true freshman, and. If that's a guy like like a Austin Booker, like a Devin Eastern, um, a Zach Evans, uh, maybe uh, maybe Stephen Ortiz, um, maybe Cody Lindenberg, any of those guys, if they make a big, if they have a big game, big day, that's a statement to the team and a statement to the fans that they're gonna have a big role on this team next year, and I think that's kind of what the spring game is for. Um, now moving away from that to the NFL draft, that, uh, the first event of the week that starts out on Thursday, goes through Saturday. Um, for this, I'll be talking about the four guys that will likely hear their name called and the nine other gophers that competed in the pro day and what their outlook is for the NFL draft. As for, uh, the guy who'll probably hear his name called first, Almost definitely. Uh, Boye Mafe. Um, based on everything that I'm hearing, you'll likely hear his name called in the 25 to 45 range. Um, after the combine and his pro day, he was getting a lot of first-round buzz. Um, based on everything that I'm hearing, it sounds like it'll be leaning more towards the second round. But, again, that's why I like the NFL draft is because you never know. Um and it only takes one team, and I definitely would not be shocked if he finds himself in that 25 to 32 range. Um, but I'm pretty confident he'll be in the 25 to 45 range. Um, I I think his best fits uh, for his skill set um, would be, number one, I think it would be the Chiefs. The Chiefs are always looking for pass rushers. I think he'd fit really good on that team. Um, the Packers would be interesting. Uh, the Chiefs had the 29 and 30 pick. It definitely could go there. The Packers at 22 or 28. Um, the 49ers uh, have said to be very interested in him. They only have the 61st pick and 93rd. So maybe if they trade up, go after him. But um, Falcons would be interesting at 43. And the Seahawks, they've said to be interested, uh, 40 and 41. But uh, overall, I think fit's going to matter a lot for uh, Boye. It's got to be a system that knows how to use him, that's patient with his development. Um, He's such a special athlete, and if he lands in a good situation, he's going to be a good NFL player. He has the tools, the work ethic 
to uh, do that and succeed at the next level. Um, as for Daniel Falele, um, I he's more in. I think he's firmly in the second round pick uh, territory. I would say he's the thirty-five to sixty-four range. I don't think he'll be one of the first picks of the second round, but I do think he'll get picked in the second round. Um, the best fits for him. Uh, the Ravens at 45, I think, would be really interesting. Um, I would love to see him on the Ravens, a uh, team that's done a very good job developing talent, especially raw talent like Falele, and I a uh, run-heavy team, and I think it would be very interesting to see him in that scheme. Uh, the Seahawks, always looking for new offensive linemen at 40 or 41. Um, he'd be able to have a big role right away on that team. Um, the Cowboys uh, obviously have a great history with developing offensive linemen. Um, and they just lost Lyle Collins at 56. Him to the Cowboys, that would be a terrific, terrific fit. Uh, Panthers, uh, they're very interested in offensive linemen. They barely have any picks, so that one might be a stretch. Uh, Their only top 150 picks are at 6 and 137, but... Uh, and then the Bears, they would be an interesting fit, too. 39-48. Uh, and, I, I, like, if he gets taken by any of those five teams, maybe excluding the Panthers, they're kind of a mess right now, I I think he's going to be an NFL starter. Um, and I, I, I think he's more than worth a second-round pick. Uh, it's going to matter because he's a raw player. And with all these uh, players, I... In the NFL and in the NBA and all these pro sports, uh, people can make their big boards and their mock drafts before being like, oh, this guy's going to be a stud in the NFL. Fit matters dramatically for any of these players' careers. Where they get drafted dictates sometimes how good they're going to be because you can control uh, what... There are some players that are uh, situation-proof. And wherever they go, they're going to succeed. But there are some players that are not. And where they get drafted, who's coaching them, makes a big impact in their development. Um, but for Falele and Mafe, I think Fitz going to matter a lot. And I hope to see both of them end up in good situations. As for Asezi Otomiwo, I think he's firmly a day three player. Um, at this point of the draft, it obviously just takes one team. And at any point of the draft, it just takes one team to fall in love. Um, but I think the pre-draft pr- process hurt him a lot. Um, kind of when the season ended, he was a guy who people were like, ooh, he might he might be a quick riser um, he, through the pre-draft process. He was invited to the Senior Bowl, invited to the Combine, wasn't able to compete athletically or physically in either one of those events, still recovering from an injury at the end of the football season. Um, he wasn't able to compete in the Gophers' first pro day. He had to hold his own individual one later, I think a few weeks ago. And um, I think it really hurt him um, that he was kind of a step behind the eight ball. But I still think he has is more than capable of putting together a solid NFL career. He has the mindset uh, and the work ethic to be a great player. Um, the best fits for him, I think, would be the Titans at uh, 131, 143, 169, that range. Uh, the Colts would be very interesting. They've had a 
track record of developing um, very... I, Otomi was not as raw athletically as some prospects, but uh, the Colts have had a track record of developing guys like that. Uh, the Bears would be interesting, the Raiders, and even the hometown Vikings. They never can have enough pass rushers. Um, he could be a steal for any team on day three. Uh, for Just to uh, confirm, day three means rounds four, five, six, or seven. Day two is rounds two and three, and then day one is just the first round. Um, but, yeah, the pre-draft process hurt him, but... Um, for a, uh, especially a day three player, fit even matters uh, more. You gotta have a coaching staff that trusts him and believes in him to develop as a player, and I I hope that he finds that on day three of the draft. Uh, Blaze Andrews, last guy who I'd be shocked if he doesn't hear his name called. Um, I think he's also a day three player. Might not hear his name called in the fourth round, but he's a fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick. Um, and any uh, lineman needy teams, I would be I think more than happy with taking him on day three because he started a lot of games for one of the best offensive lines in the country with the Gophers for a lot of years, and he's versatile. He can play tackle, he can play guard. Um, he didn't play any center, but I'm assuming he's talented enough to do that. Um, uh, the. I've seen a lot of things on Twitter of a lot of people that are like, ooh, Blaze Andrews, he could be a steal on day three. But so any lineman-needy teams like the Bengals would be interesting, the Packers, the Texans, the Titans. <laughs> I also threw the Vikings in here. Um, not, not even as a biased Vikings fan. I think uh, Odubiwo or Andrews would be very good fits on both of these teams. And, uh, like... I'm very interested to see how Blaze's career plays out because he has the versatility to be a great swing lineman. And I, uh, versatility as a lineman, especially for a guy like Andres, who will be a day three pick, who will not have the op opportunities as some guys. Like Falele, he's a tackle. He's not going to play guard. He's not going to play center. Uh, Andres, I think, could play four out of the five spots on the offensive line, and that's very valuable to a team. So I think he's going to uh, be a, a guy that plays 10 years in the NFL, and people are like, why did he fall into day three? Um, but as for the rest of the Gophers that kind of d declared for the draft, there were nine other players that competed at the pro day, and uh, the Athletic did something interesting where they ranked like the top 200 players at every single position which is just crazy. That probably had to be so much research. But um, I'll go through kind of these uh, nine gophers and where they were on that list, and I'll kind of go in order of guys that I think have the best chance of landing on a training camp roster or a rookie minicamp roster as an undrafted free agent or maybe possibly sliding into that seventh round and getting uh, drafted. But I think um, Sam Schluter, offensive tackle, pretty firmly as the uh, best chance to end up on a roster still. The Athletic ranked him as the 43rd offensive tackle in the class. Um, next is probably Coe A uh, Very interesting player because there are teams that 
still use uh, tight ends that are solely blocking tight ends. And uh, even though Keefe had a few uh, catches this or this last season for the Gophers, that his role in the NFL will be a blocking tight end, but he's an elite blocking tight end. So I think he could be a guy that if he gets up on a roster uh, as a undrafted free agent on a rookie minicamp roster, they're like, man, this guy plays with a lot of aggression, and he could be uh, maybe even a guy like Kyle Juszczyk who plays a little fullback. He's obviously a little bit bigger, um, but uh, I, he could stick on an NFL roster. It would not surprise me. Uh, next, probably Niles Pinckney, 46th defensive tackle in the class. Uh, Jack Gibbons, 106th linebacker. Uh, Coney Durr, 134th cornerback. Philip Howard, 87th cornerback. Micah Dude Treadway, 76th defensive tackle. Um, Bishop McDonald, 154th cornerback. And then Justice Harris, 191st cornerback. So all those guys you want to... Uh, when the draft wraps up, you want to obviously stay on Twitter and see where they are headed. You can follow me. You can follow Gopher Hole for updates on that. And, I, yeah, I'm very excited to see how the NFL draft goes. It's always fun to have as many as four Gophers uh, hear their name called, maybe even a fifth or a sixth. Um, I, I always love the NFL draft. One of the best times of the year. It gets me excited for football season. Um, you can see it coming. Um, but yeah, um, I'll be back next Monday for an NFL draft and spring game recap. Expect more recruiting news all off season, uh, more episodes. Last few weeks, I kind of been, uh, slacking a little, um, kind of lost my voice a little bit, but now, now we're back. Now we're cooking. Um, there's only 129 days until Jerry kills return to the bank in New Mexico State take on the Gophers. Um, you, I can smell it. Football's coming. It's warming up. Uh, spring is in the air. Um, school year is, is wrapping up. But, man, um, I'm excited. You can expect more episodes. And uh, I think that's all I got for today. As always, I appreciate you listening. Row the boat, Sky Uma, and go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.